Hi, welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rat. Don't that sound like regular podcasts? Yeah, we here. Hi, it comes on like hell of a Hi, welcome to another episode of Hood Rat to Head Rat. Sponsored by Cosmetic Surgery to Your Butts. <laughs> Today I cannot give a fuck Cause I got none to give But like I know with some kids We all fall short of ideas Hey, on my timeline All I wanna see is my woman Half naked turning down with platform niggas who want it You can keep your disaster They been draining my data All the friction and fickleness Only making me callous I'd rather have a hard on and a hard heart Put the pussy on the chain Wax salad cart While I ignore the world's problems Like an oligarch Free love in this bitch like it's behind bars. Shake, 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 shake like an earth. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hood Rap to Head Rap. Hood Rap to Head Rap. Hood Rap to Head Rap. All right. <laughs> My name is Ebony Donnelly. He, him pronouns. You already know the situation from that DP. So if you don't know, then you just don't know. And there's a complete and total housing crisis brought on by the tech boom and white people. Uh, who are you, babe? <laughs> um, I'm Erica Hart, pronouns she and they. I'm from Severn, Maryland, and also Puerto Rico, and all of those places have been gentrified to the max. Yes. Greed. 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 Global greed. Global greed. But anyway, this is, um, if y'all are just now joining us, thank you so much. Um, if any time that anybody listens, we are completely heartened by that. Um, I think we are on, I th- maybe uh, just on SoundCloud alone, on our 400,000th play. Whoa. Um, and I think, what, in the two years that we've been give running. It up, so give that's it up, give it up. That's a huge accomplishment. And anybody who did one listen, two listens, a uh, uh, five or six listens, you know, we really appreciate you. We really fuck with you. And really thank you so much uh, for listening to this and using this as a resource or you know, as of somebody who don't listen to podcasts, don't particularly like them. I'm glad to be able to weigh your appetite if you are somebody who enjoys them. Um, and what else? Yeah, y'all can find us on all the shits, all the sound. I post on. Oh yeah, where where can you listen? Uh, yeah, you to can us? find us on you know iTunes, where. Spotify. Um, Spotify don't post of the day after it's released, and also SoundCloud. Don't Yay. ask me nothing about no Stitcher. Don't ask me nothing about no Google Play. <laughs> um, just don't ask me. I'm going to work on it. I'll try to figure out if I can provide that. But if I can't, you know, SoundCloud is completely free. Yes. Um, and it's a great resource uh, for folks to listen to. Also, go listen to some of y'all partners' music. Some of y'all out there may make music. Yes. You know? Ebony, too. Encourage Ebony to make music and put it on SoundCloud. <laughs> Because he also needs to be doing that. Um, we are not a sponsored podcast. Mm-hmm. We, it is currently sponsored by you, the listener. Yes. So we thank you if you've ever sent us any money via Venmo or PayPal to support our podcast. We truly appreciate it. Yes. If you wish to send us some coin via PayPal or Venmo, that definitely helps us carve out time to sit down and record. Mm-hmm. So the Venmo is Erica E R I C K A. Mm-hmm. Don't forget the C and the K dash heart H A R T. And the PayPal is Erica E R I C K A at I heart H A R T E R I C K A dot com. And I'll have a link to that. I in feel the like description we should make a, this episode. I feel like we should make a Venmo just for the podcast. 
It doesn't matter. Does it? She is I, I is she. You understand? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, y'all, it's all going to the same place. Them lights almost got cut off. You know, it's almost. It's that really happened, light. y'all. It's we got really a literally dead. a cut off notice. Yes. For our lights because we moved into this place. And when you move, you know, you have to change over all your bills. Yeah. You know, you had your bills at your last place and you just move it over. So the yeah. thing is, is in New York City, it's so big and it's such a lot of nonsense that it doesn't really make a lot of sense and they usually mess up. Like the people at Con Edison are hella freaking rude. It's probably in a lot of major cities this way, but... No, like, Con Edison literally shut off power to yeah. East New York and Brownsville in order to preserve power in Park For Slope white and white neighborhoods. So they're just yeah. horrific. Like mm-hmm. I called them today and the person on the other line was like, yeah, what's up? Yeah, it's definitely they your building. They did bill- not say that. Yes, they did. They yeah. did not say what's up. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely your building. Do you want to pay now? Do you no, want to pay the plan? No, I am never going to pay like, um, And I want to pay I think I'll do it online. Money. They were like, well, you can just give me your account information no, right now. I was like, no, no, I'm good. No, I I'm really good. So yeah, they were about to cut our lights off. Not because we're dealing with any money stuff. I don't want to perpetuate. I don't want to say that that's what we're dealing with. It's that we just were careless and <laughs> didn't see our bills. Um, what? You feel away? Whatever the case may be, the lights was I just don't off. want to say that our <laughs> lights were getting cut off and people assume something about our financial situation. They're going to assume anyway. They assume anyway. I know y'all think we rich and all. We're not. No. We're not. But Kanye it, West is rich, though. Kanye West is, is quite rich. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that bitch-ass nigga, we got to... Um, <laughs> You know, we start to start off <laughs> with some levity. Um, and sometimes I feel like people are watching me as I talk. I know you when do. I do you do think like, people watch There's nobody else here. Nobody. It's just us. It's just us. Ba- and Baguette, which I don't yeah, know where she, she is. She'll, she'll make her debut soon. So if you hear her, you know, it's, it's just, this is an organic, family-oriented yes. podcast. So your dog can be barking through it, too, if you have one of your cat can purr or whatever the case Maybe. Uh, so we're going to start off with our game. Uh, maybe we should have a little music. So we've been, if y'all been listening to some of the later episodes, we've been piloting this game. It's a lyrics game that y'all can also play along to where we are each going to say a few lines from a song and you have to guess the name of the artist and the name of the song. And I'm very good at this. Are Erica. you going first? You who went first last time? I don't know. Uh, you go first. Okay. Here come old flat top. Here come grooving up slowly. He got juju eyeballs. He won holy roller. He got hair down to his knee. Got to be a joker. He just do what he please. He wear no shoe shine. He got toe jam football. He got monkey finger. He shoot Coca-Cola. Is this color purple? No. <laughs> it's up from the color purple. <laughs> you reading it like that. <laughs> like when, when Celie first learned how to read. <laughs> 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 like reading uh, uh, <laughs> keep reading. He got monkey finger. He shoot what? Coca-Cola. He say, what I know you. Remember you say you were good at this like what two seconds ago. I'm not telling you that. He got what? Coca-Cola? He say, I know you, you know me. One thing I can tell you is you got to be free. Come together right now over me. Oh, thank you. It's the Beatles. What's the name of the song? Come Together. You didn't know it until I said I Come Together. You know I, I'm going to be honest, I hate the Beatles. You, I think this the Beatles song is, is my favorite Beatles song, though. Erica. He come old flat top. 
And matter of fact, I think they use a phonetic, phonetic Ebonic English, Erica. Erica, that is highly inappropriate. I think it's, isn't it? It's appropriate. Isn't it um, copying Michael Jackson? It always sounds yeah, like Michael, Michael Jackson, Jackson to me. Michael Jackson did a version of this song, but we can't talk but about Michael Jackson. But who did it first? We can't talk about Michael Jackson, but I'm just talking about Michael the music Jackson. right now. Know I'm right t- now. <laughs> I don't care if y'all still believe him. I don't fuck with him. The allegations is enough for me. Good. <laughs> but did he do it first or did they do it? No, he did a cover of it. The oh, Beatles he did it better. Suck. That is one you know, of I was married worst. to somebody who loved the Beatles and actually what said that Stevie Wonder... <laughs> Oh, R&B, not Stevie Wonder, but Stevie Wonder would be included in this. R&B is slow talking. What was they raised? White. I would have broke up with them. I should have. I would have been like, I don't know how we could I used to say that when I was going through the divorce. I was like, I don't know why we stayed together when you said like that. You said, you talked about R&B like that. That was just such blasphemy. But then you listened to the crusty-ass Beatles, one of the most overrated, (laughs) culturally appropriative of black people. And racist. And completely racist. Horrible was such an ass. He was anti-Semitic, which I'm surprised people, his legacy is still intact despite him being anti-Semitic. You know you can be anti-black, but you can't be anti-Semitic. Right. And that's just the honest to God truth. Um, but yeah, super anti-Semitic, homophobic, all of those different things on record saying that uh, women are the nigger of the world. Reputation attack. So this is also a part of our episode. I just picked the song because I knew you wouldn't get it. Yeah, no, nah, I don't listen to stuff like that. Uh-uh. <laughs> I don't even think I ever heard maybe on TV. Remember Come on? together, boom, yeah, boom, in the boom, coffee shop right now, boom, 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 over me. Okay, boom, boom, all right. Boom, I'm boom, gonna cut boom, it off. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here goes mine. This should be easy for you. Okay. I gave you an easy one. Okay, shot like an arrow through my heart. That's the pain I feel. I feel whenever we're apart. Not to say that I'm in love with you, but who's to say that I'm not? I just know that it feels wrong when I'm away too long. It makes my body hot. <laughs> so let me tell you, baby. What's that song? Let me tell you, baby. You're not reading the chorus on purpose. Baby, baby, baby. I have no idea what this is. I'll tell your mama. I'll tell your friends. I'll tell your mama. I'll tell your friends. I'll tell anyone whose heart can comprehend. Uh, Oh, uh, Ray Charles. Okay, good. You don't know it, but you do know it. Send it in a letter, baby. Tell you on the phone. I'm not the kind of girl who likes to be alone. I can't say the rest. Okay, you have to tell me. I don't know. I miss you much. I really miss you much. I miss you, Janet Jackson. Yes. What's the name of the song? I don't know. Miss you much? Miss you Yeah. Much. Yes. All right. All right. Y'all probably guessed those way earlier. Sing it again. Sing it with the, sing it regular. Um, I'll tell you, mama. No, no, sing the, the lyrics. You. Don't sing the chorus. Shot like an arrow. I don't sing know it. that part. Yeah. Um, shot like an arrow. <laughs> I really miss you much. Yeah, everybody knows that <laughs> part. I miss you much. I miss you much. <laughs> miss you. I miss, miss you much. much. I, I really miss, miss you much. But see, I don't know a lot of songs from that album. Miss you much. I didn't. That's how. That's how it's. That's how it sounds to me. All the songs from that album sound. What album is that song? Miss Rhythm Nation, I think. No, that's not from Rhythm Nation. Uh huh. Uh uh. What song is Miss You Much from? Regardless, maybe it didn't Rhythm Nation, or it was a B side of a, a single, or something like that. But 
Janet Jackson is a bad pivot to the uh, <laughs> to the toxic masculinity episode because I don't think she exhibited under that. I don't know, but mm, no, she's no. just curse. she's silent on her politics. I don't know anything about Janet Jackson's and I politics. Love it. Yeah. I wanted to remain that way. Yes. Don't y'all miss the good old days before <laughs> your rapper Ti started talking and everybody <laughs> else and. You know, I just want to crystallize them in my mind as, you know, uh, something I can aspire to one day in the prosperity gospel. Um, okay, so this episode is long overdue. We actually first did it in New Orleans. Yes. Um, but the footage or the audio from that, from our live podcast at the Ace Hotel in New Orleans, was messed up. So we never actually got back to it, and we never, people did. Some of y'all may remember that episode because um, you were there. But other than that, this is the the first iteration of it. Right. It, and if you ever want to bring us live, Ebony hates doing live podcasts, mm-hmm, but I, I actually do. think that they're a lot of fun. If you ever want to bring us to your city, it doesn't have to be connected with a school at all. You know, you just have a space or you know where we can speak and it would be cool. Let's do, we should totally do that. Ebony Donnelly. What is fun about a, a live podcast? Because you're actually, you, you think people are watching you, but then that's, they are really watching you and you can make it interactive. This whole, the lyric thing. I mean, now I'm having a business meeting with you over the podcast, but that is, we can talk about this offline. Yeah. But really what I'm saying is, is that it could really be a beautiful experience because you like to talk to people. Right. But I want to talk with people. You do. You I think, interact you know with what them. my issue Put is. mics up so they could interact. True. But what my issue is, like all of the the normal formats for put your toe get your toes off me <laughs> the normal all the sort of normalized formats for conversation public discourse are seem all very centered on the individual like even when mm. you go to a panel like what is the point of a panel to be honest y'all be honest what is the point of a panel when you decide to go to a panel do you say geez you know i'm really gonna gain so much out of that or well, it's like, elicited various perspectives so you put you don't put mm-hmm. the same people. It's not the. It's not like you have a. Well, they do. It's not. Like, they do have this, but mm-hmm. it doesn't make a lot of sense. But to have a panel with all white cis women of the oh, same, absolutely. all able body, all heterosexual, all similar class backgrounds, it doesn't make sense to have a uh, a panel like that, even if they're all different influencers, because they're all going to be saying similar things. The way that they attain followers or whatever, I'm using this as an example, mm-hmm. is going to be similar ways. The way that they navigate the world is similar. So what you do is you put various people on a panel so people could hear, but also a lot of panel scouting has to do with who you want in the audience and filling the space. Yes. Who is this person going to bring? Who is this person? Right. What kind of audience would these all these types of people, would they bring? It feels vainglorious to me, and I always wonder, I'm like, are people... Anything that I do or anything I say, I just can't say it for the sake of saying it. I just can't say it for the sake of people liking it or jiving with it in Mm. some way that will elevate me. It just doesn't... I I always am curious as to what is the benefit on the other end. That's what I'm interested in. Like, what is going to materialize from that? Or is the motherfucker just going to be in there? Oh, I saw you speaking. That's it. But... I have people my like own, them though I have my own stuff I have my own little maybe it's my failure my own masculinity to where I don't want to be in the spotlight I don't like to be oh. I don't like to be ultra or hyper visible because that oh. seems like a way to not even at a seat it's not conscious because then me. you're open to scrutiny 
Open, yes, absolutely yeah. don't want to be open. Yeah. That's why I hate when you be having me on stories. Yeah. I don't want to be open to any type of scrutiny or Because if you're not there, then nobody will say anything. Exactly. Uh-huh. And that's why you no. say I'm too vulnerable. Yes, way too vulnerable and too generous. Now, I don't associate... I, I, but I'm also vulnerable. And you are very. I don't very. necessarily associate that with a lack of toxic masculinity. I have... Ton, I'm super patriarchal. I have tons of toxic masculine traits, or I subscribe to it as a system rather. So let's just get into yeah. What are the we talking about? Potatoes of this episode um, about toxic masculinity. Yeah, we talking about toxic masculinity, and see how I'm feeling about it. Is that you know I really feel like the females really need to you know come together and really stand up and fight against this because it's not just the men's that you know really be perpetuating this <laughs> i'm just kidding but dear lord okay. so i think to any conversation on toxic masculinity has to start with preambling that this is a cis heteronormative world mm-hmm. so all of the conversations well, that attempt to breach or touch on it come from that Come from right, and I feel like you have to take a step back to talk about that it's a colonized world Period. inside of white supremacy, okay. and white supremacy carries patriarchy, which also um, perpetuates this idea that bodies are supposed to only be cisgender, heterosexual, able-bodied bodies, right? Yes. Only, yes. right, and white, yes. right? They're not even supposed to be black. A body is just supposed to be a white body. That's it. That's it. That's it. And if it's in the form of a cisgender, if it's in the form of a person with a penis, that means that they are supposed to be dominant and controlling and have short hair and only wear pants and bring home money, be a breadwinner, never show emotions, Mm -hmm. um, instill forms of dominance in their children Mm -hmm. that have penises. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just the way it's supposed to go. They're Mm -hmm. supposed to ask people out on dates. They're supposed to initiate sex. They're supposed to always be horny and Mm -hmm. the opposite of a cisgender woman. Um, and I find that toxicity, I, I feel like sometimes I feel like toxic masculinity is a redundant trait I guess the term, yes, is redundant. Not that, not that. Oh, I term. guess I have to unpack why not all forms of masculinity are toxic, but I do feel as though people who identify as masculine fall into being toxic con- as a connection to their masculinity or what their masculinity provides in terms of privilege. Mm-hmm has them be toxic. So is that inherent masculinity is not inherently toxic is what you're saying. No, I'm, I'm saying it might be. (laughs) Well, you're saying that almost like whiteness is inherently toxic or inherently racist. Yes. So why wouldn't masculinity be inherently toxic? Because I, well, why is masculinity given an opportunity to not be toxic? But we know that whiteness is always racist because of the, what is founded on what it is, what it implies, what the, what has been said so about whiteness ingrained. But then, so masculinity is, a. Uh, I don't, I don't Oh, I see. Know. I see. Yeah. No, I think I because, I, because race is constructed inside of white supremacy, yes. right? But masculinity, not necessarily. No. Masculinity has existed for beyond exactly. colon, white settler colonizers, right? Yes. So, okay, I see now. Okay. Yes. So it's not okay. inherently toxic. Yes. However, the pathways to aspiring to its 
um, colonized iteration yes. are all toxic. Boom. There's no way that you Boom. can be a man, quote unquote, in yes. today's society, in my opinion, and, and especially as a transmasculine person, is without aspiring to be like a cisgender or the assumption that you the, want to. The assumption that and you And I want don't want to equate masculinity with man. No, I don't okay. want to equate masculinity with man. Yeah. I said, that's why I said me as a transmasculine person. Yes. The example or the thought is that my being or how I express my gender because of how I look or yeah. because of how I identify must go in that direction. Yes. And in order for me to support that, I have to in some way be toxic. Yeah. You have to choose. Yes. Are you going to be a woman? Or are you going to be a man? Which yes. one are you going to be? Okay. Yeah. If you're going to be a man and we calling you, sir, then that means that you open indoors. That means that my you're dominant. Short, I got yes. a little, you it know, means pizza. more than the aesthetic. People are mm-hmm. hoping that you are going to be something emotionally, yeah. something emotionally, um, divested, right? Yeah. From, so like if I'm around yeah. cis men or we, or we talking, even when I'm around mass people, period. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Are we talking about films or are we having some type of conversation about who we dating? The conversation nine out of ten, probably eight out of ten times, I'll be generous, mm-hmm. is going to veer towards some disparaging comment about them, about films. Right. Or and- some type of like, I don't know, like weirdness. Like, either I'll be like, the way cis men interact with each other, even the way mass people sometimes interact with each other, it's just weird. Yeah. Like, I feel like I'm going stealth. Yes. Sometimes. Like, I'm a... um. Uh, agent, you yes. know, of the non—I won't even say non-toxic because I'm—I can be toxic, I guess. But I guess also my issue is like the term. I don't want to harp on the term toxic because that's just—I feel what like toxic masculine. The term toxic masculinity is the modern day term for hegemonic masculinity. Yeah, but it's like just call it what it is. Niggas be abusive. They be, yeah, you know, they have internalized, you know. Um, just all types of internalized anti-blackness, all types but of sexism as well. Sexism, misogyny, war. But so that brings me to my point. It's just whatever this word is, toxic masculinity, whatever this word is, it's just describing that to discard films, to hate films, to possess films, to have power over films is the lay of the land. Yeah. That is the way that the world works. And in order to have any type of pathway to power, regardless of your gender identity, mm-hmm. across the spectrum, you must in some way appeal to that in yeah. order to have some type of power. Yes. Um, and so that is my... The, the Even larger... in the smallest sense. So I'm thinking about as a yeah. kid, people would call me a tomboy because I yeah. climbed trees and I was mm-hmm. rough and I would run all around. And I didn't... Sometimes people will say like, oh, I was a tomboy and I hated wearing dresses. I didn't hate wearing dresses. It wasn't like an issue for me. I just preferred um, pants and things I could run around in more easily. Even though a dress is very easy to run in. Right. But so... I remember falling from a tree at one point. I fell from trees and I also fell from like a bike and Mm -hmm. I I ran into a parked car because I was racing a bunch of other Mm -hmm. people. And when I ran into this parked car, I banged my knee really bad. And my dad came out running like because he thought it was worse than what it was. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, my God, Erica. And my dad doesn't go to 
um, crying, right? Mm. My mom is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My dad's like, why would you do that? Like, why would you run into the yeah, thing? Yeah. So now I'm holding my leg. There's blood coming from my leg. I think like, I still yeah. have the scar. I'm looking up at two people a moat and I'm also thinking about what my friends will think of me and I don't cry mm-hmm. because people keep calling me a tomboy. So if I cry, then that means I'm a sissy. That means I'm, I'm no longer this tomboy, this strong person that doesn't emote, this person that's running in the streets yeah. and dirty and doesn't care about anything other than being rough. Yes. And that just is something mm. simple as that for a kid to equate with. I just hurt myself and it, there's pain. So my tear ducts want to come and I stop them. It's mm-hmm. so wild yeah. to be like, well, I can't be a sissy, which the opposite or a sissy is usually equated with a girl. Right. Right. I can't be like that. Don't be a girl about it. Mm-hmm. You know, man up essentially is what I'm telling myself, how I'm relating to myself, but also what my parents are kind of like showing me as well. They're not like, it's okay to cry. It's fine. I'm getting yelled at by one or fussed at by one. And the other one is like emotional, right? <laughs> you know, like that there's no instruction on how it's safe to be inside of my emotions. Yeah. And I feel like children don't get the opportunity to be, to express their emotions, how they want to express them, mm-hmm. especially cis because boys. Because of this frame. And I don't or even, presumable cis I don't boys. Even, but see, or, but, not, or not even, let nope. me not say that. That's not true. Mm-mm. That's not true. It's no. not, it is not, no. not all the time cis boys. It's absolutely a racialized conversation because yes. it's a black femme mm-hmm. kid, right? Mm-hmm. Tomboy or not, that's how people related to me. People were not also expecting me to show any emotion either because mm-hmm. they're just like, you don't feel pain. You're mm-hmm. fine. You're fine. Yeah. You're fine, Erica. That's what I heard and my that, whole and life. And that is consistent mm-hmm. with even the rhetoric you hear now with police brutality and police yes. shooting. Oh, my son. Yes. My little sons. You know, my little celebrities. The men. Down. The men. Yes. The Our black, black boys, men. Our you know, black men. They're getting shot at. I fear for my son's life when he walks outside. Yeah. I'm like, you don't fear for your daughter or your film child? Like, yes. You, your, your film child? Yes, which the rates of police brutality and also the school to prison pipeline are much higher for black girls than they are for black cis boys. So the stories that you hear about mm-hmm. are are people who are being murdered real experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you don't hear about the stories of black girls it doesn't mean that it's not happening you just don't hear about it even with the death of a tatiana jefferson it's it's not um kimberly crenshaw i believe wrote an article i be, was it for the atlantic i'll find it i'll put a link in the description um but it was a recent article i'm glad she wrote a recent article because i'm like i thought be thinking she dead she's actually alive yes uh, as you always point out and doing quite live well. scholars yes um and still you know a proponent for intersectionality what that means and it's expanded to include and that's another thing about intersectionality where it was only designed for cis women because it was in the 1990s so that was also an issue and i think that's also a part of is that toxic masculinity what just the and how it was only geared towards cisgender people, cisgender black women. No, that's not tossing masculinity. That's cis sexism, yeah, okay, where you cool. on, where you only think that cisgender people exist. Right. Or or, or yeah. Or are valid or that you genders. Can see. Yes. 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 Okay. Got it. And so she wrote an article about the lack of outrage around a Tatiana Jefferson oh. death around the lack of. Um, I want to read that. Just the the response of, from the masses, it, from the public in general, was not as strong or didn't have the same fervor had it, you know, as it has with other 
you know, victims of police brutality. Mm. Um, other, you know, cis men, victims of police, black cis men. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that's all, that, that rhetoric is all consistent with this as well. And you just don't hear this from just one person. I mean, you hear it from mm-hmm. queer people all the time when talking about yes. how black men or black cis men are, you know, targeted in certain ways. Yes. And that's something I've been hearing my whole life. But it's also Black Lives Matter was called out by mostly queer activist groups Mm -hmm. saying, you know, you don't talk about femmes. Mm -hmm. Like, who you're focusing on is black women. That was, Sandra Bland was like, who was the, was, uh, I didn't go viral just because of that, but Mm -hmm. in large part, it did because they wouldn't, I don't know that they would have talked about it otherwise. And at the time, they were the people that were putting, you know, people who were being victimized by police brutality on in the forefront. So it was important that this was brought to their attention, but the fact that it had to be brought Mm -hmm. to their attention is Mm -hmm. a function of toxic masculinity where it's like, Oh, I'm just supposed to pay attention to masculine people's pain. And they are the people that we need to save. Those are the people that we need to cater to Mm -hmm. and mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And also, um, similarly, I'm losing my, Oh, similarly, when you talk about black trans women Mm -hmm. being murdered, we talk about black trans women being murdered, but we do not talk about who's murdering them. No. Right? And that is a function of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. This idea that I'm going to kill you, right? I'm going to take your mm-hmm. life because you are not operating in the ways that I was forced to operate as. Yeah. Right? I was forced to operate as a quote unquote man. And mm-hmm. now you are not doing that. You are free inside of your existence, mm-hmm. inside of your gender identity. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm lost. Mm-hmm. So the only way for me to exert power over you is to take your life and I really truly believe it is just as simple as that mm. um, and, and, and as horrific and it shows the the level of of colonization how violent it is mm-hmm. because it colon, colonizers also kill people because they wouldn't you know sh- shift their gender or they wouldn't conform or assimilate into whiteness mm-hmm. this is no different this mm-hmm. is black cis men using you know patriarchy or using the tools of a master to assert dominance and mm-hmm. it's, it's it's horrible and to say toxic masculinity for something like this it's not sufficient it's not sufficient it's not the, it's describing like I mean we all know I, I kind of sometimes the narrative I, I have my own stuff as somebody who does identify as a black man is a black man I do sometimes and maybe this is my own toxic my ties to my own toxic masculinity but I do feel like I'm less quick to indict black mass people for their similar abuses towards them than I do white cis men or white mass people, period, because they also, th- their transgresses or the ways that they are violent and oppressive as an iteration of their masculinity is not looked at. And it's not, I feel like it's overlooked. Who? White people. White oh, cis men. Yeah, like yes. that's, that's where I be at with it. Like, where it's like, yes, black cis men are incredibly violent and are incredibly abu- abusive. Yeah. Um, toward fems, cis and trans across the board, and also white cis men are as well. And I think sometimes that and also I, it's the dichotomy a lot of people get stuck in. Well, where it's like, mm-hmm. why is it their due attention paid to that? Especially given that hegemonic masculinity is derived quite simply from white people. Yes. And the thing is, um, is we are so used to what I think is the reason for that is because we love to pathologize blackness. 
Yes. It is, it is a, there is a microscope over black people and there is nothing over whiteness. White yes. people don't even know that they're white. They're literally just learning in 2016 with the Trump no, election that they're white. Mm-hmm. They that, you know what I mean? That, and I think it really came from that statistic that white women voted for Trump and they were like, mm-hmm. wait, we're white? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's just, it's so new to them. Right. People know they white. No, they don't. Erica, no, white people, Erica. No, they they don't relate to it, babe. Like it's it's an identity. It's something that gets them privileged. They don't relate to it. They're only learning that newly now. Yes, but they yes. know they white. I just feel like I, white people are I mean, much more connived. The yeah, white people hide in this innocence narrative yeah. as you talk about. Mm-hmm. They hide. It's not mm-hmm. just that. Even when we talk about white feminism, I feel like there's a lot of ire and talk about white cis women and how white cis women are and how they weaponize themselves and their privilege and their position um, in order to be just as violent as white cis men, yet we move away from white cis men again to focus on white cis women. We move away from them again and it's like, yes, they are, you know, just as fucked up. However, white people, there is this, this goodness about this inherent assumed goodness about them yeah like even when you watch old movies and how me and your grandma you me your grandma and i said me and your grandma your grandma <laughs> and my which i would have liked yes. your grandma and my grandma watch western movies yes. when they put them damn westerns on you know how those people look yeah turner texas ranger all that shit. yes them texas ranger are white <laughs> yes and they are killing people and our yes. grand, black grandmother enjoyed watching it. yeah so what is this about it is this turner turner classic movie early American idea of the white man. It mm-hmm. is powerful. Yes. And it reigns supreme. It, it is when black men, we I did a lot of research around black exploitation films, which I really enjoy watching um, for many reasons. Cause it was hood shit. It was funny. It was, you know, uh, controversial shit that I wasn't supposed to watch, but watching black exploitation films to me, it was clear like Superfly and even Dolomite, the original Dolomite, all of these films were in response to the ways that white cis men were always depicted as like the Hitchcocks and the, you know, the the favorable people. And all of that comes from slavery. Like, yes. Black cis men had to make a choice. Like, yes. if I'm going to somehow raise myself up, quote unquote, by the bootstraps out of the system, it is purely through the dominion over black films. Yes. Because that's who... There, there is a control. Yes. You're not finna control white women, not even the ones that you date. But the, you know what's so with. funny is that although our grandparents were watching, you know, Texas Walker Ranger, Walker Ranger, whatever his name yeah. is, there and he's being blatantly violent mm-hmm. and there's years and years and years, centuries of white people, white cis men mm-hmm. being violent. Mm-hmm. Whenever I do gender workshops and I talk about, you know, describe a man, violent never comes up because they are describing a white cis man. But when I say describe mm-hmm. a black man, violence is one it's of the, the first, first things that people say. Or because sexy. that is something, right, that is something that has followed or has been a stereotype mm-hmm. of black cis men since we came here. It was mm-hmm. a way, it's a function, it's a way to control us. Mm-hmm. It's like they're out of control. They're violent. They, mm-hmm. That's a way to put us in prison, right? To say like, this is, this is what's wrong with them so we could continue to enact the mm-hmm. violence that we need to do. Mm-hmm. So it, there is, it's, it, we, I mean, we are essentially talking about the psychological trauma and racism that 
colonization imparts where it's it's not just that your body is being impacted you're being experiencing some sort of covert or overt racism but it's also psychological where you start to believe that white people aren't harmful (laughs) that they're nice that you see it all the time literally people will when I was younger, when I'm when I younger, like 17 or something, I would clench my purse around like my uncles and stuff. But then around my white neighborhood or whatever, I never moved. I didn't move mm-hmm. my purse or was mm-hmm. uncomfortable or mm-hmm. nothing. And that's that's nothing to be like, well, Erica, what the hell was wrong with you? Your ass does it too. Sure because do. we grew up in the same goddamn mm-hmm. country where we are literally taught that that is what you do around black people. They cannot be trusted, yep. especially black cis men. Mm-hmm. So we have to, you know, talk about like, how is it that you can sit and watch a white man shoot and be on horses and shoot people and it's a racist ass show but then when you you are i bet your grandmother just like my grandmother mm-hmm. discounted tupac and biggie at the time were like why are they shooting each other so, no she but, didn't really talk about that oh well my grandma did because biggie died when i was like 13 and my yeah. uncle loved biggie so yeah. it was like a conversation in, in our house at the time but you know one thing my grandma did say is never be scared of your own people that was one something that she did in part yes you know that is something that she absolutely but we said, however mm-hmm. what i see a trend in even my own family is a what putting a pedestal of men but the, yeah i just want to add to that, that. Mm-hmm. is that even though because my grandmother said that too don't mm-hmm. be scared of your own people they still say disparaging shit about black people yeah they still the say anti-black stuff so i'm just yeah, like my grandma's from oklahoma yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's like don't be scared of your own people but here's some anti-black shit that i picked up along the way that i'm gonna impart to you <laughs> rest in peace our grandma. Yeah. We our but we just got but this is the just the conditions under which we all live yes and a lot of people really do fake the funk like even when I'm around, you know, black cis men, I always wonder, like, I always used to say, like, is we gonna fight each other, niggas? We gonna kiss? Like, it oh, always you do seems say like we're on the precipice of some type of um, aggression or some type of, you know, relationship, you know, or some type of intimacy. So I, it is difficult for me navigating the world in my body as a trans man, as a black trans man, and wondering what. What am I going to have to do? What am I not going to have to say in a barbershop? What am I not going to have to contest with in order to be accepted? And I feel like that has been a lot of what I'm shedding is these different ways of being a man, which one of which is not checking other niggas. And I say, I'm not explaining why I say niggas. Y'all have been listening to this podcast long enough. Yeah. You you know what the fuck (laughs) I mean. If you're new here. Yes. It's a broad term for mass people. You know what I'm talking about. Um, You know, (laughs) I... I don't know. Like I've always, what was my train shit? I lost my You're train. talking about how families uh, like will perpetuate this idea that black men must be, we got to protect them yeah, at all costs. Like they have to be protected and they have to be coddled and everybody mm-hmm. loves them and every watching my cousins and them being attractive and them being athletes and mm-hmm. them being buff. Ever since I was a child, I've emulated that. Mm-hmm. I've emulated. I grew up around a whole bunch of thugs and mm-hmm. gang, like people, drug dealers Killers. I grew up around that. There's a lot of people in my family and I emulated them so much. Mm. Yes, they definitely had a degree of tenderness too. And I think maybe that's people from Oakland, like just the Southern shit, but you know, very tender, very loving, but also very hard and very stern. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's how I want it to be. Even from a five or six year old 
Erica talk about that picture where I'm like, I probably am only three or four it's years so old. It's so cute. And I'm like, Lean, I'm on a gangster lane. It's you know, so because cute. that, putting my two fingers up and shit, <laughs> I don't know where I got that from, but I do know where I got it from because that is yes. what the men around me were. That's what they look like. Yes. And that's what I wanted to be for my whole entire life. Yes. Um, my whole entire life. So it's taken a lot for me to just, especially this idea, there's this, with mass people, there's this sort of camaraderie, or there's this sort of shared identity of, of masculinity and what that represents, whether you're strong or, you know, from where I come from, being a real nigga, something like that. Mm-hmm. That shared um, identity or shared value stops other niggas from calling out other niggas. Sim- it's funny that you say that because when I think about it, I real I don't think I realized I was doing it at the time, but I really wanted to emulate my dad more than I wanted to emulate my mom. Wow. Because I felt like my dad was the one with the power and the control. Like my dad is the type of person that is what they say is hege- is it definitely participates in hegemonic masculinity. Mm-hmm. And he would say things like, I'm the king of the house. Who doesn't want to be the goddamn king of the house? So I was like, well, I would like to be the king of the house. So, I, you know, even though I I talk about growing up in the suburbs, my family has drug dealers, addicts, (laughs) criminals, uh, murderers, all of that stuff. But we were isolated, I guess, yeah, isolated from that. But so my you know, relationship to masculinity is a lot of it is inside of whiteness. So inside mm. of like accomplishment, inside of being the head of the household, inside of being the breadwinner, success. Um, success. And I was like, well, I want to be like that. I want to mm. be, you know, powerful. That's what that, that's how that looked to me. And anytime I would cry, my dad would always contest with it. My dad would always say, you're so emotional. Mm-hmm. Like, gosh, you're crying again. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that kind of rhetoric is how people talk to boys, if mm-hmm. you will, like little boys. Mm-hmm. So I never really, you always talk about how, and also my Scorpio moon, um, <laughs> it keeps my emotions in like a reservoir, but also just how I was raised. Mm-hmm. Like it was that, you know, stop crying. Even my mom would be like, stop crying. Like, why are you crying so much? Mm-hmm. Like it was just this hardened way to exist, which again is racialized, but also but it's not just for little boys too. Cause I heard that my, me, my sister, No, that's why I said yeah. it's racialized. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. why I was like, it's, it is definitely any gender inside yeah. of blackness. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're just supposed to be strong, especially, especially a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my thinking was I wanted to be like my dad and then why now I identify as a femme is to actually be stay connected to that softness yeah. um, to remind myself that I don't have to be strong all the time mm-hmm. to like stay you know true to whatever emotion that I'm experiencing and not mm-hmm. to silence myself like you know my parents had you know they were doing that in their you know, with all good intentions, but the impact was massive. Yeah. So it's a way for me to remind myself that I get to be soft. Yeah. But I, but when you were sharing that story, I was like, oh damn, I wanted to emulate them too. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be hard. I wanted to like be respected because that's what it gave. It, it yeah. gave that if you're masculine, then you're respected. Exactly. But if you're not masculine, then forget about it. Right. Yes. Doing All you have to amount to if you're not masculine is to be pretty. And yes. that's it. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you are neither of those things and you are a femme. Yeah or not seen as pretty, then are you black, are you poor, are you growing up? Yeah. It's just, it's no way yeah. that people regard you in any way, form, or fashion. We have a society where we just like men and we value men. Yeah. We value masculinity. Yeah. It's just, a, oh, I don't want to have a, the glow. That's a global trend. Yeah. 
you know, I don't want to have, you hear people all the time, oh, I wanted to have a boy. I want to have a yes. boy. That shit flummoxed yes. me. I'm like, why do people what is, keep where did you just flummoxed? Use? I was oh. confused. <laughs> yeah. Why do people keep saying they want to have a boy? Yeah, they why say a lot. They're so much easier than girls. What? I don't want to do, like, what? How? How? In what way? How? What do you mean? Like, so, like you said, the source is so much of the shit is just so gender. And other niggas love other niggas. Other mass people love other mass people. Yes. It is just a reality. Yes. It's like people be so quick to indict femmes for, in, especially black femmes in particular. Mm-hmm. Mass people especially will be so quick to indict femmes on yes. the first thing that they do. First thing. That's the first thing that they want to talk about. Yep. That's the first thing. The first person who's there to be punished is going to be a black film. If it's yep. a punishment to be had or yep. to be done, that's where justice is going to be meted out very swiftly. Yep. Whereas it's always this, it's just a fear. I yep. feel like it's like, you don't want to be called out. You don't want to get knocked out. You don't want, I don't know why mass people do this, but they just really, it's just to me, it's just something I hate. Yeah. Like it's just something I, it, I don't value. I do think it's, it's Mark behavior. It's like, you're a sucker. Like, yeah, it's just so, and maybe that's my own toxic masculinity being able to say who a Mark and who a sucker. But I, I think I can. Like, yeah. if you are not calling out other mass people, even your own friends for the shit that they do, you're a Mark. Yeah. Like, it's just a reality. Yeah. Um, it's just a perpetuation of the same nonsense. It's a perpetuation of the same it's all, stuff. It's old boys club over yes. and over again, regardless if it's queer or not. It's still like you protecting people and not calling them in and not, you just, you, you are being, you are participating in masculinity, but not in a responsible way. And right. we don't have to perpetuate toxicity. We don't have to, um, per, you know, per, be essentially emulate the same ways as, you know, who we that white grew people up or white people. Yep. It's, that's it. It's like, we don't have to anytime. I feel like black people are homophobic or transphobic or anything of that nature or have misogynoir internalized anti-blackness. That is just a, a, a that is of whiteness. Yep. Abuse. All of that is of whiteness. Yep. That is how you learn. Those are the tools of your assimilation. Yep. You know, that that is what it gives to me. Like, but it's difficult when it is so ingrained, entrenched in your society, you just feel like it's never going to. Yeah. We black people much less are never going or, or we're charged with, you know, not being toxic no more. Or yeah. eschewing pat- patriarchy, but nobody else is. We all gonna be alone, black people in the world, just being the leaders and, and the forerunners of a non or toxic masculine way yeah, or whatever that looks like, whatever that freedom outside of the binary looks like. Yeah. We got to be the ones to do it first. Yeah. I'm thinking about beauty and the beast, mm. <laughs> the Disney movie and how bell had the choice between Gaston and the beast, which I don't remember his name, mm. but, um, how they both were so toxic. They were yeah. so annoying and abrasive and dominant. I don't and know I was like, neither that. one of these, I'll ha- you've never seen beauty and the beast. I have, but I don't know their names. We are watching beauty and the beast I'm not tonight. Watching oh that, Erica, yes. No, you, I'm but not. I want you to see how even in something as uh, innocuous as a Disney movie, it's perpetuated that tox- like toxic masculinity is attractive. That's everywhere. Right? I don't have to but watch so, a but Disney e- movie. But, but I'm just, I'm just saying mm-hmm. that even for little kids, it's shown that like that's okay to be. I mean, freaking Lion King. Um, what's his name? Not Simba, the dad. 
What was the dad's name in Lion King? Scar. No, well, Scar and what's the other guy's name? Uh, Mustafa. Mustafa. Scar and Mustafa, they having a whole ass fight. They fighting it out. Yeah, they're animals, but they're talking animals. <laughs> so they, 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 yeah, they should have some sort of human element. They falling in love and all that jazz. Why couldn't they reconcile? Why couldn't they work out their shit? Why are they fighting? Because they're so catty. And Throwing they, and each they, other. But see, the thing yeah. is, is masculine people don't get catty. They don't mm-hmm. get called catty. They don't get, Ever. people don't say that mass Ever. people pull each other down Ever. And, and don't like to help lift each other up. Ever. That's mm. always, always put on films. Always. Oh, women, black women, we don't be holding each other up, lifting. Since when do black cis men lift each other up? Right. <laughs> oh, I don't have, when? or even films, period, being like, oh, I don't have, I don't have women as my friends. Yeah. Or, you got niggas as your friend? What they be doing? Talking right. to them, <laughs> gossiping too. Yes. Talking the most yes. shit. That's all they do is sit around. Yeah. No shade. That's all they do is sit around and talk shit about films. Yes. And this is why I think the term toxic masculinity, I'm phasing that out of my lexicon. Because I know what I'm talking about is just describing a hatred toward fems. Yes. That and black fems in particular, maybe and a desire uh, to have Bailey, power over fems. Exactly. Maybe Maura Bailey is right. Maybe Maura Bailey, it's just misogynoir. That's yep. it. That's who the founder of the term misogynoir, uh, the mm-hmm. hatred of black fems. That is just it. Yep. And that's just all. Yeah. It's like you want to, even other, even when you hear it in music, like I think about this all the time because I listen to hella rap and I'm like, I hear Cardi B, you know, who is in a hetero, cis hetero relationship and, and, and in certain raps, Nicki Minaj kind of popularized this like playful bisexuality for dudes, like yeah. in order to like be popular. But even being like, I got your bitch and she naked, Cardi B. I'm like, no, you don't. Like, because you got yes. offset. Because you date dudes. <laughs> like, you don't have, but that is, they will still, I hear this all the time. Like, yes. two bad bitches and they kissing at a rape. Like, that's not your love. But I mean, interest, Cardi huh? B told, um, what's the queer rapper? Um, that was on cakes. yeah cakes to told cakes to kill it that right now we can't have a gay rapper essentially I'm, I'm paraphrasing what she said no but she said right now you and your identities could go far but then he didn't win so not really right so, <laughs> right so it, it shows that you have to participate in you know demeaning films in order to have power you have to mm-hmm. participate in mm-hmm. every instance in every way. Mm-hmm. So there needs to be a new word because that is that is where it's situated specifically. Yeah. Like, that's just where it is. Even like you talk about all the time with your breakfast club, which is, despite, you know, the March P. Johnson Institute boycotting it, despite other calls to boycott that show yep. for their transphobia, motherfuckers still, li- every time I get in the Uber, it's on. nine other times here, the drivers listen to the breakfast club in the morning. Yes. So it's like, and the cis woman on that show, what's her Angela. name? Angela. She doesn't talk. She, she say a couple words. A couple of words. Yeah. It is Charlemagne and that other light-skinned person. They yeah. all they do is talk. It's like she's not even on it. Right. That's the the literally just talk over her the whole time. I'm like, why does anybody listen to this? Right. She should have her own show because clearly she don't get to have a word in edgewise. And whenever there she is interviewing somebody, like when she interviewed Gucci Mane, he was disgusting. And then yeah, went on a whole gonna... tirade and was disgusting in in her direction. But is anybody calling Gucci no, Mane you know out? They, they tried to find the validity in what he was saying. They tried to see if he was he was if she was lying or not. Not oh, you call her a bitch and that's this is my horrible. Friend. It's a whore. 
this is ridiculous. It's but just it's, so it's, much it's protection. Being, just, it's scariness to it's me. Protection. It's, it's, it's protection. It's protection of them. It's, That's it's why bad. no one has called them. It's like you get to keep participating in transphobia actively on a show where millions of people listen to and never be responsible for the fact that black cis men are actively killing black trans women on a regular basis. Yeah. That is trashy. Yeah. You're trashy. Yeah. And that's just, that's, and it's, it's not something that's new. No. It's just something we deal with all the time in every form or facet. Yeah. Like that's the biggest thing, even with the article about. I mean, Booker T. Washington was doing that shit too. Booker T. Washington was participating in whiteness. Newton was incredibly, uh, the chairman of the Black Panther Party, incredibly abusive to Elaine Brown, the one of the first chairwomen of the Black Panther Party. Like physically abusive in every way. Mm. Like most of the most of the things that we learned about Black Panthers is not the incredible misogyny that that whole movement was founded right. on. Right. People is not talking about Malcolm X how he would dog Black People women. People do not. Let's take a minute. People do not talk about the autobiography of Malcolm X and how misogynistic that book is. Mm-hmm. Or at least I have not seen enough critique of it. So mm-hmm. many people say that that is, you know, what changed their life. That book is what, you know, mine. shifted yeah. their, you know, work and activism, which mm-hmm. I get. But I had to stop, put that book down so many times. Mm-hmm. And I still haven't finished it because it is just, it's in, it's so violent. Yes. Like, it's blatant. It's not like covert. It's no. like, no, fuck women. Like, who cares? Yes. I'm going to dog them i'm gonna take their money and use them Mm -hmm. for what they're supposed to be used for like Mm -hmm. it's like oh we have to hold them to account women can't be trusted even after converting to islam you talking about malcolm little the earlier yes i'm talking about but even but But even after come on now um um, what's his name oh yes farrakhan is your teacher and you're not participating in the toxic masculine come on now (laughs) i mean but see, that's the thing is like, I also feel like it's not, it also backfires on them. It yeah. backfires on mass people. It backfires how? on them. Can you that. please tell me how it backfired? Because I don't see no impact. The investment in toxic masculinity absolutely how backfires. sway? Because I'm looking for I mean, how Farrakhan it backfires on somebody like Kanye West. Farrakhan said he made statements that ended the life of Malcolm, that could have contributed to Malcolm X being killed. Farrakhan said this himself. I'm still looking for the impact because people still side with, as recent as the Women's March, side with Farrakhan. So... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but there's an allure about. I won't get into Farrakhan. Y'all not for that episode. <laughs> but you, but I don't, I don't agree that there's a backlash. I don't agree that it there backfires is. because it's the same way that white privilege works or white power, if you will. It does not backfire on them. They say something. What's her name? I'm forgetting everybody's name. The person that was transphobic at Barnes and Noble. Uh, oh, that white lady. What's that lady's name, y'all? White lady, short hair. I actually want to stop saying white people's names entirely. Okay, that was a, she got black hair. Yeah, she was in Charmed, I think, or something. Jawbreaker. Remember that movie, Jawbreaker? What, are you sure she was in that? Yeah, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> the person that was transphobic. Still well known, gets put mm. on, you know, does interviews, does, talks to all these different people. N- nobody is checking and being like, what the hell? How come you, you know, you did this? You're no longer going to have an opportunity. Um, what's his name? I'm, I literally forget everybody's name. Who was abusive and was called out for it by every famous person. Aziz Ansari? No, babe. Called out by every famous person. No, white. White. Black, oh. white man. Oh, Harvey Weinstein. Harvey Weinstein. A literally, a, a, literally a sexual abuser, a rapist. Predator. Yes. predator. Mm-hmm. 
still is showing out up here in showing public, up in, in public. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is mm-hmm. not the same ways that white privilege operates. It operates for masculinity, but it, but I guess different is that black cis men think that they are not going to experience racism anymore because they are, they are seen or put on a pedestal inside of the, inside of patriarchy, but they still absolutely experience racism. They still get accolades. They can still have CDs and music and their music still regarded like, okay, Michael Mm -hmm. Jackson. So like, or R Kelly, all these people are not, there's no consequence. There's no consequence whatsoever. Well, none, zero, nil. Well, it is a consequence because they think they'll be safe with white people. And being around or having proximity to whiteness doesn't protect black cis men. Uh, Kanye West looks fine to me. Yeah, he does. He does. (laughs) He looks like he's doing just fine. I'm trying to think. He seems miserable as fuck, but he, I guess if we're using a a standard of class, he's fine. I just feel like it's a lack of freedom in yourself. Mm -hmm. Like you just trapped. Yeah. Like, even I'm thinking about Van Jones. I think about Van because I hate Van Jones. Um, <laughs> and I hate everything that Van Jones represents. Van Jones might as well be Kanye West for all I'm concerned. They're, they're the same. That is a person who He is, told me on Twitter that I need to, you know, stand with Kim Kardashian and the work that she's doing. Yeah, but then but you were defending and coming to the, to the defense of another well-known black femme activist. Yeah, who said and nothing. And was like, didn't say anything. Nope. And was trying to side with him. Yes, I know exactly yeah. who you are and I hope you listening. Um, but that is, that's mind boggling to me. Yep. I see it all the time where people will literally find a way to excuse what black cis men do, but it's, I guess I'll, I'll refer back to the article that was written by, I think his name, I'll find his name, I think Damon from, uh, very smart brothers that black cis men are the white women Women. of Uh, the black community. Yes. Absolutely positively categorically correct true yeah and so that to me is an indication that it's not working in the intended way that is that toxic masculinity is designed to work which is to give you power yeah it don't mean you ain't got no it's it's not it's not translating into no widespread institutional power for black cis men no i'm trying to find that article it's hard to find yeah, like maybe said what the uh, black the very smart brother. Yeah, they probably had that shit taken down. Niggas right. were not having that. They were not. You know, but I see. But it. anytime you try to call them out, it's like trying to call out a light skinned person. Forget yes. about it. Yes. <laughs> black, uh, men, cis men in general don't want to hear about their privilege. They don't. No, they don't want to hear about their privilege. No. Yeah, no. straight black men are the white people of black people. <laughs> Period, and it's just true. Yeah, and I'm gonna put the link in the description to that article so that you can get into that team more. But I think Kanye West. I hate talking about Kanye West because I feel like Kanye West is it's easy, you know, yes. it's easy. And but I do want to talk about how people to pursuant to what you're saying still love and adore Kanye West. Yes. Um. How His Howard albums. University mm-hmm. yes, was Howard. able to just mm-hmm. welcome Kanye with open arms. Um. Mm-hmm. What's that about? Just, I mean, it could not be, I mean, we could not, we would be remiss if we had this conversation without class mm-hmm. and there is an infatuation with class mm-hmm. amongst black people, just like there is an infatuation with, uh, masculinity. Yeah. Um, and I think, and that is, I don't, I don't, it's not just black people. It's mm-hmm. not a intra-communal conversation. Mm-hmm. It is across the board. Mm-hmm. 
um, in this country an infatuation with being wealthy. Mm -hmm. And schools want some sort of proximity for people to come to their schools so they can continue Mm -hmm. to gain wealth. Mm -hmm. So Kanye West, controversy or not, coming to the school gains attention to Howard University, to whoever they think does not know about their school. Howard University admits white people. So if white people wanted to start going to Howard University, they could go. (laughs) I'm sure they would be okay with that. I'm not even sure that Howard University would be upset if it was no longer a historically black college. Maybe if that was a function of the past, if it was just historically a black college, (laughs) not and not no longer. Right. So I think it's Mm -hmm. important to investigate what is the intention of these people who are in power and what lengths will they go to maintain their power? Very far. Very far. And having somebody like Kanye West who said the most disparaging shit about black people, having him there and even having them there and mocking Mm -hmm. the fact that he's quote unquote canceled Mm -hmm. and how look at him. That is disgusting. Mm -hmm. It shows that there is no, there is no structure to hold cis men to account. But there's no structure to even have any sort of respect for black people. But then we are participating in it. Because there, I don't know that there's a, I believe that most of the staff at um, Howard that that had to get approved through are black. Yeah, they were fucking so, with yeah, They so were like, it's, oh, it's all good. Yeah. So, it's and I, I would assert me. most of them were probably cis men as well. I don't know that, but that's <laughs> but the thing. But most of the you people who are in sure. positions of power, would you, it's true, but most of the people who are in positions of power at schools are cis men. Right. Well, anywhere. It just, it anywhere. Just, the Kanye, it's just people, it's just simple. People love power. If this is a world where mass people have power or some assumed power, then that is what people are going to gravitate to. Like, even Colin Kaepernick. I'm thinking about Colin Kaepernick and, Co- and the fact that Colin Kaepernick has begun doing workouts and is excited to get a job. And Jay-Z was back mm-hmm. with the NFL. You know, it's like... That is the most bitch, excuse my life. See, that's even a, going back into toxic masculinity, but that is the most just Mark sucker like just crazy behavior to me mm-hmm. in the sense of you are literally called, quote unquote raising awareness about police brutality in this country. You start a whole protest that other black people say, I want to enlist myself to this protest. Like, I want to join this boycott of the NFL. The NFL, historically, even before Colin Kaepernick Neal, has been a terrible organization that literally uses black bodies for profit. It it literally destroys them um, until they are no longer able to pretty much work and be functional in any other industry. Yeah. Um, Upward for the upwards of a billion dollar industry. Yeah. You you boycotting that, but you about to work for it. You but crossing a picket line with a picket in your hand crossing. But see, if people remember our podcast yes, on this very thing on Colin Kaepernick, he was not boycotting the NFL. He was talking about police brutality. He didn't connect that the NFL is also a racist institution. What he wanted the NFL to do about police brutality? He just wanted to kneel. He just wanted to not stand for the for the national anthem. Got it. So this is yes. what he said um, last year was correct. Yeah, he did not y'all. understand that he, the institution that he works for also participates in police brutality.
reality. And some of y'all <laughs> argued us tooth and nail. Oh, activism doesn't look one way. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people, you know, are just now be- becoming more interested in black issues. If you are a black person, you are, then you are the issue. Yeah. You understand that? Like, it's no way. That's why I'm like with these. It's, you can't talk about toxic masculinity absolutely without talking about race and without talking about colorism. Colin Kaepernick literally thought he just became black three months ago. Like, he literally, <laughs> Bye, like, everybody. he talking. No, I'm serious. <laughs> if you listen to interviews with Colin Kaepernick before he grew the That's Afro. That's true. It's black scent. Colin, he's mm-hmm. using black scent. He think he fucking Eldridge Cleaver or some shit. Like, I've literally heard him talk about his partner. Oh my woman, this and you know my woman that, and I'm like, nigga, you are not a UEP Newton. Like, yeah, you look like him. You got the same hair, but that's not what it is. Yeah, You're like it's just so. And when you get to the level of light skinned black cis men, magical Negro, yes, somebody describes even, even. light skinned magical Negro come in to swoop everybody up. Yes. Jesse Williams. Oh, black people are not just magical or superhuman. But yet you dogging your black femme wife. You for a white person, for a white woman, like. But nobody's calling that out. Nobody's thinking about that. Nobody cares. Yep. Like there, and I, I hate to bring this up. People's continued support of Afropunk, even queer, other queer people, mm-hmm. even other trans people support of Afropunk. Yeah. That is also a function of toxic masculinity. But then want to be in my face. As if I'm supposed to acquiesce to that power as well. Mm-hmm. Also run by a light-skinned black cis man. So it's a lot of layers. It's a lot. What you doing, man? I'm listening to you. It's a lot of layers. I'm just trying to find something in this article to say. It's a to lot To connect of to this. Yes. It's a lot of layers, layers to yep. it. And I just think that I'm... I don't know. But there's but you know, you touched on something and then you moved away from mm. it. Is that you said that there is a there is a um to talk to black cis men about, you know, the harm that they perpetuate mm. or where they may be at a misstep on anything. Yes. <laughs> like if I were to tell my dad, you know, I think you went the wrong way, mm. it is a whole like not argument, but there is pushback mm-hmm. to that he could have possibly went the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Right? Like me, I told the story on my Instagram about me sitting in um uh, barbershop and I'm sitting there and barbershops are always, they're a place of culture for black people. Um, they're a place of communion, but they're also rooted in patriarchy and a lot of violence, mm-hmm. um, against, um, femmes. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting there and I'm tense because I'm worried about mm-hmm. what is about to transpire. And sure enough, someone says, you know, dumb women at some point, um, that I'm sitting there and I'm in my, reaction is not is is fight or flight but it's really like fight or stand still or like just literally without any sort of movement in my body at all just literally flatline like i don't know where to go mm-hmm. because i'm scared that if i say something out of my mouth there's going to be so much pushback to what i say mm-hmm. or if i get up and leave there's going to be so much frustration to what's about to happen it's like you can't move like even us talking about Colin Kaepernick the pushback that we got from that mm-hmm. is what you get pushback 
black for all the time when mm-hmm. you call black cis men out for something. Yeah. Like you cannot talk about them at all. It is the same, just like this article is talking about. It is the same as calling out white people. You, mm-hmm. I get the same pushback for calling out white people that I did that I get for calling out black cis men. It is yeah. literally identical. Yeah. Black cis men, white people, and light skinned people. Yes, <laughs> cannot be talked about. They are literally put on pedestals. Cannot be bothered at all. But they get put on pedestals for their activism now. That's the yeah, newest iteration. Absolutely. They get put on pedestals for, for everything. The very thing that they perpetuate. Yes, for everything. They get put on pedestals for everything. Yes. They can do anything. It's literally like I could be white and I could be an activist. I could be light skinned and I could talk about um, queerness and I could talk about women. I could do all these mm-hmm. things. I get to be the cis hetero able body. Um, freedom fighter for everybody yeah. where at, while everybody gives me the content for what I'm saying, even though yes. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about at all. <laughs> and I could be disparaging and gross and misogynistic. I, I could take yep. my daughter to fucking the gynecologist and, and find out her results, even though that's fucking illegal mm-hmm. and people will still fuck with my music. Mock my words. T.I. will come out with something and people will rock with it. He'll be speaking mm-hmm. somewhere and people will sell out. Mm-hmm. People agree with that. Even um, sex educators are not going to name them, but sex educators that I don't, don't really follow or respect were saying things like, well, I think it's great that he's protecting his daughter from men like him. I'm like, no, no. no. But also <laughs> again, again, Erica, if his mom, mm-hmm. to pu- go ahead, babe. if her mom was taking her, the outrage would look different. Yes. Mm-hmm. It would be more pointed, mm-hmm. but there's also this thing of like white people, Hopping on the 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 thing that people do on the internet a lot is like I'm going to use this as a way to like forward my thought and belief yes. about this thing or flex my knowledge on how much I know about this particular thing and I'm gonna do it using punishment a public punishment of a black person yes and this could be the black strong black man toxic toxic strong black man in me but that shit bothers me same Ti is not the only one who says that rhetoric. Or who talks about... Re- no, no, no. I'm just talking about cis. I know that I know. he's not the only one, the I first know. or the last. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying that the way people still sided with him mm-hmm. on that. Like, there was outrage. I was like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But there were still pe- cis men, mm-hmm. predominantly, who were like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he needs... Oh, what is somebody... A barber I was going to go to in Atlanta was saying on their Instagram, like, he's in his daughter life and people are mad. It's like... No, you but are if missing. If he would be on child support, then it'd be different. Exactamente. That's my only point. I'm not, you know, saying no, that T.I. is the beginner of these. And I do think, but I think you saying that, Ebony, is your protection of blacks as men. Yeah, I have immense protection. Yes. I have immense protection. Because <laughs> I'm like, who immense... cares? Call his ass out. If the, he is a original. I have immense protection of black people, Erica. I'm t- I, I have a thought. That white cis men get away with too much. And they it's do. True. They do. We, but so do black cis men. We talk about <laughs> Michael Jackson, but Janelle Monet dressing up as David Bowie, a known predator and sexual yeah. abuser for fucking Halloween. What's up with that? Yeah. But I'm not going to vilify a black film. I'm not. I don't I'm care not about gonna that. I'm not going to vilify a black right. film. I'm not. I'm going to vilify David, David Bowie. Bowie. But David yes. Bowie doesn't get vilified. Yeah, no. We don't no, know about celebrate. No but so Lord. John Lennon, same thing. Music playing on a commercial the other day. Come together. That's how I thought of it. Literally played on the commercial. I'm like, why? Why is this playing? It's mute trash. the Beatles. Mute. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, babe. I don't know. This is so that's I think that is where I'm at. Is like what like you said, there's no consequence for racism. 
Yeah. Ain't no consequence for being toxic either. No, because it for, renders yeah. you silent. When I walk down the street, do you know that I have come up with ways to not respond to people sexually harassing me because I'm a, a fear same. my response will result in the death mm-hmm. of same. me. Right. So that well, is not even not saying. No, I apologize for that. It's not the same. Well, it's not the but you I don't still fear for my life. Oh, I do. I fear for my life. I don't know what could occur if I, and I know what has occurred in the past. If people have absolutely died when they say, don't do this to me. It's like, you cannot tell them shit. I've been called a bitch, spit on, all of that when I was, you know, fem presenting. Like, yes. And if I, if I were to go up to someone else and be like, Hey, can you help me out? They'd probably be like, Oh, it's just, that's just normal. Yes. That's just what happens. We've normalized, you know, the violence that black cis men perpetuate and period. Like, yes. I don't know what else to say but to then that. then people start to say, well, you know, it's not everybody is not like, you know, Kanye West or everybody's not like T.I. It becomes this need to defend because black people are always under attack. They are. It they becomes are. this need they are. to preserve them they are. in some way or we preserve are. masculinity because some people have it that black mass people across the board are going to be the leaders in their relationships, the leaders in their communities, the leaders yep. in some sense. Yeah. I mean, what I was mean, that program that Obama started? Um, the black male initiative or something like that. No, it's called good. It's all called something else, but it's, it has a name. I just, it's not called the black male male achievement or some shit like that. No, it's called something else. It's more catchy than that. By our brothers, our friends or something like that. Our brother's keeper is not our brother's keeper. He ain't start that. Who started that? I don't know, but it was before Obama, I believe. I don't think you're right about that. I think it is our brother's keeper. I don't know. Either way, when I was working in nonprofit, that would always come through like the docket to do that program. Mm -hmm. And I would always push it back because I'm Mm -hmm. like, what about films? Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't understand. Why are we focusing? There's so many programs designed to support black men moving forward. It'll have nothing to do with, you know, making sure they're not violent. It don't have no, it's all about how they're going to get a job mm-hmm. or how they're going to wear a suit to work mm-hmm. or how to write their resume. Mm-hmm. That is not, it's all inside of colonized gender because guess what films are supposed to be doing while they're learning resumes. Okay. Correct. Right. <laughs> doing I mean, their makeup. I, I try to really as much as possible. I, I, I'm concerned with black people completely. Like mm-hmm. my concern is black people being able to unsubscribe from colonized notions of gender, one yep. of which is that you have to be toxic mm-hmm. as a mass person mm-hmm. or a, as a mass presented person. You know, I, I'm i pushing back against that. I'm pushing back that you need to be silent around other niggas when they saying something foul because you don't want to... You, you don't want to have violence enacted against you or you don't want to seem like the outlier or whatever it is. Toxic... I don't know. I even have to think about myself if there ever been times where I haven't said something or, you know, wanted to, mm-hmm. you know, not say anything in mm-hmm. order to fit into a certain space or mm-hmm. place. And it's absolutely the case. I can't think of a recent example because I've just wholly am just tired of it. And I think we have to give some deference to the people who do side with masculinity, whether it be, um, black cis men or not, whether it be a, a trans person or a queer person that is, um, related to, or has some sort of masculine expression. I think we have to use some sort of like, just some sort of, um, what is the word that I want to use? I don't know. Some sort of, I guess deference with femmes or people who are not masculine that side with masculinity as a way to 
build their brand or as a way to stay at school or a way as a survival tactic because to i be do nice to be seen attractive correct to, the, that correct. to stay doing what you, to create quote-unquote community like i think that is challenging for femmes to not to to speak out against mass people Period. For a yes, lot of I'm different not, reasons. Yes, I'm more, I'm more so talking about mass people speaking out against other mass people. It does not happen. It doesn't happen. <laughs> it does not happen. At all. It does you, not happen. You, it just doesn't it's a fight to be masculine especially in queer spaces yeah there is a fight to be masculine and to be seen as queer and to be seen mm-hmm. as trans and and something other than hegemonic masculinity while enacting the same fucking violence yes absolutely <laughs> it's like my... you want to be seen as something different but you don't do anything this different whole, okay <laughs> this whole rhetoric of oh fems can be abusive mm-hmm. fems can also be abusive and Mass people suffer abuse. Y'all niggas have to get off of that. Yeah. Like that is a constant refrain that I have been hearing. And it's incredibly irresponsible given the context of how many black films die Mm -hmm. at the hands of mass people all the time. Yep. Like there's this idea that even when people talk about, you know, um, masculine presenting people who identify as women, oh, studs, they can also you know, have cis heteronormative thoughts and things like that. Somebody, a trans person was saying to me and I'm like a trans masculine person said to me like, Oh, we want to talk about how studs can have a tension between there's a tension between trans men and studs. I'm like, where? Yeah. Where is that tension happening? Mm hmm. And who is going to be on the winning end of any tension of that? Who's going to be seen as the one who is, innocent and in need of protection inside of that tension yes it's not gonna be the stud right it's not and it's not i just don't feel like those things are real i don't want to discount people's experiences but to say that there is some tension between studs and i mean i think that there's tension in the sense that studs or masculine like older lesbians will discount the experience of trans people yes. not that trans yes, people absolutely. trans people have existed since the beginning of time mm-hmm. but i feel like they kind of similar to uh, this is a, a, also inside of whiteness this idea that abundance doesn't exist there you go that they're gonna be they're gonna erase their existence you know where that, that comes they can't from? that they can't exist at the same time guess where that comes from <laughs> what it's, it's capitalism what you talk about biological essentialism yes. and guess who's a proponent of that biologists white mm-hmm. mostly a lot of white people yes um i've even heard a white a prominent like biologist white cis woman say something like be transness is uh is rolling back the rights of women yes yeah, so that's because the same that is, rhetoric yes. that older like lesbians or studs are, are participating in. Mm. So I can get that tension, but at a time where black trans femmes are being murdered, I don't know why. What, what else we be it's talking not about? It's not the opportune <laughs> time to talk about it. Just, and it's also just, it feels like a not. First of all, I love studs. I already said it's the year of You studs. love studs. I love studs. Me too. Studs. Hey, it's studs. A, hey. <laughs> it's the year of the studs. Choo, choo. Choo. Good night. <laughs> It's the year of the studs. The studs is winning, but Megan Thee Stallion was working on studs. It's the year of the studs. That was but, amazing. However, it, it's it's just it's also that I just feel like it, it just how do I say this without it coming off like I just feel like mass people mass people love white people. 
Whether it's white mass people loving white people, <laughs> everybody. Whether does. it's black cis men loving white people, <laughs> whether it's transmasculine white black people, transmasculine dudes, black transmasculine dudes loving white people at the nonprofit, it's just a reality. Yes. And I think that love of white people, that is also something that has to be dealt with. It's no way you're talking about, I'm a real nigga this, I'm a real nigga that, and your partner white. Yep. It's Ooh. not real. Ooh, are we going into the I'm next, sorry. The the next the, episode? The next episode is going to be on interracial relationships, interracial dating. So I'm not going to get fully into it. But I, Erica, I swear to you, sometimes I'll be looking up somebody. Like, I love Charles Mingus. I had Charles Mingus as a, a very well-known, um, iconic basis i had his picture hanging up here um erica always hid the picture for some reason i didn't like it i was like even in our old apartment i was like erica why did you put it take it off the wall in the living room and put it on top of the refrigerator where nobody (laughs) could see it she puts my charles mingus um picture on top of the refrigerator you got too many cis men in my house and i left it and i left it there you know without knowing then i put it back in the new in our new place and you know i said let me look up who Charles Mingus' partner was. <laughs> who Charles Mingus was also abusive. So anybody abusive, I had to take off the wall. So I looked, he was abusive, and guess who his partner was? A white cis woman. So I'm like, every time, you can, I, you should, everybody you should do, if you want to play a little game someday, you ain't got shit else to do, yeah. look up a famous black cis man and then go look up his partner. Yes. And look up who was his partner before he had wealth and then look up who was his partner when he had wealth. Because right. it shifts a lot of the time. Hello, Kanye West. Yeah. Yes. Even mass people, I be seeing all these queer people, these queer mass yep. people with these white ass partners. Mm-hmm. And then, but y'all want to be all at the protest and all down for the shits. I'm not saying that you cannot be. Yes. I'm just saying that there's certain things that you cannot claim to be Ooh. with that. <laughs> if your desires and your attractions, this is, a un, this is an unpopular statement and I don't care how people feel about it because it is my sentiment. And we'll talk about it more in the next episode. But if you are not attracted to other black people to me there is no even i'm not just saying because some people aren't attracted to nobody but i'm talking about for those who are attracted to people romantically physically emotionally mentally intellectually whatever if those attractions do not center black people i think you need to consider something there's something awry about how you feel in your conditioning to think about black people. Okay, we're getting into the next one. That I'm is gonna a good stop. segue. I'm going to, that's a that's good segue excellent. into that. But, I have but thoughts this, about that. Right, but that to me is also a function of toxic masculinity. It's this love of white people and, and the hatred of anything Well, it's black. to aspire to whiteness. Especially, I mean, that's what Kanye West is doing. Kanye West aspires to be white. Kanye West has completely, Kanye West is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. There was 100% black scent, okay? There was like, that is how he spoke. That the way he rapped. Now he when Kanye was, from was Delaware out there though, too. He's from but South he South still ha- he still talk like a black he has person. Some wealth class but privilege n- that but, he will never but talk even about if you him. have wealth class privilege like myself, you still talk like a black yes, person. Black people had that tone, that timbre. In our yes, and now, now he has erased it completely. And that's what I'm talking about the tone, yeah, the timbre. I'm not talking like about that. like you, right. He does. Yes, talk I'm not like talking now. about using like uh, AVE. I'm talking about yeah. the tone and timbre is gone. Now he's like, hey, yeah, I definitely think it's important to. You know, include Christianity in my work, and you know, I just want everybody to love each other. And you know, I told Kim and Colin Colin Kaepernick switch. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're signing off. We've gone off. We're signing off. We only babe. We're signing. Say one last thing. Oh my god! And she didn't want me to make this point for some reason, but it's a good point. point. 
about okay if y'all really want to know the real gag you should read that tea, what is the real I'll gag the real you didn't gag read it re- i'll read that later this is no not later in a two seconds because we signing off <laughs> listen everybody yeah. I, think, I thought about something <laughs> oh my god it's been on my spirit for a long time and we'll have a rap episode soon but as a as a connoisseur of rap music um, and I'm also, one thing that I will say is that as one way my toxic masculinity comes off very strongly is I listen to some of the most horrid lyrics. Horrid. I mean, I listen to Sugar Free, which I need to stop listening to. Um, all of that shit beginning in my mind and my Sugar brain. Sugar Free. No, you, uh, you don't even know who Sugar Free <laughs> is, which is a rapper from Pomoda. I just, actually, I had a, a come to Jesus moment when I was in college one day in a song uh, called NoHo by D-Lo. Yes. Which is a rapper from the East came out. Um, D-Lo, we don't give a fuck about no ho. No, you know what I mean? Going dumb, all of that hyphy movement, <laughs> great times. It, you know, I'm a child of the hyphy movement. But one day in college, I think I was in my first year, I was like, any song that mentions pimp or pimping, anything about that, I'm taking it out. Really? And I have. Oh. Like, I erased all the shit off my iPod. I had the um the the three hundred the what gigabyte, thirty two gigabyte iPod. What about the gangsters um anthem? Yeah, I don't like. I don't even be really listening uh, to that. Pimpsey, everybody loved him. Some Pimpsey, who's Pimpsey? Who sings Pimpsey? What Pimp songs? Pimpsey, UGK, International Players, and oh, it's choosing love, but love. The lyrics in those songs, we could have a whole fucking four hours. Yes, just about that. Like, yes, it really permeates. Even Eric, a little brother, fifteen years old. Yes, I be trying to tell him. I'm like Diego. He listens to Smoke Perp and. Um, little all these niggas, Uzi Vert, Uzi Verts, and all these this little trap music that you ain't never heard of. These artists, <laughs> Playboy, this and that. What is his name? Not Trey Songs. What your brother be listening What's to? What's the other reggaeton? We gonna we gonna talk about my reggaeton. <laughs> reggaeton is literally my machismo on As steroids. Is reggae and dancehall. So yes, that's it's true. Everywhere, it's everywhere. In popular music, it's there. Yes, white people music, it's there. Um, but classical music is there because if you look at the number of people, especially the number of black films that are missing from or shut out of classical music, but she's trying to tell me to hurry up, but yes. I'm getting my point going. Yes. That is one way that it iterates itself strongly. And I'm pretty sure all the people that I know, hella freedom fighter, hella activists be listening to horrible ass Gucci Mane all the time. Yeah. We listen to they all do. Shit we be turning they up. They do. And yes, we are allowed our indulgences. I do think that. Yeah. And I do think it's entertainment, but it's not. That inter- people are not rapping um, about bitches and hoes out of nowhere. When g Easy, no, a white it sells. rapper. But when g Easy, a white rapper, is talking about my bitch is solid and my bitch is this and that, and y'all motherfuckers listen to g Easy, who you think he talking about? Talking about a thought and a bitch. Right. What color film you think he talking about? Right. Let's and, be honest. And he will definitely date a black person to affirm or to have some sort of entryway to blackness. But not really. He don't even have to. He'd be dressing like James Dean and all. He's still trying to retain his sense of whiteness while benefiting from black culture. Woo! So this so this is my thing that that we do have to watch out from is where it's not just about the music. I'm not being like Oh, you know, rap is the reason why niggas do this and say this. No, it's just the way it comes out and iterates itself. It's a byproduct of colonization and the things that we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. But what also is, is 
this idea of gangsterism in early America. And that is corruption in early America was spearheaded by white people. Yes. By white people who immigrated to quote unquote to the And country. that's what a lot of those rappers are emulating. John Just like Gotti. you wanted to emulate all of that, they're emulating that. Yes, because John, that because all of that John Gotti and the Meyer was it Scarface, all of that stuff, they're all well, Scarface didn't live in no shack. Right. <laughs> Scarface lived in a big ass mansion. But before whole, Scarface lived in a shack, Scarface well that's different. It's not different. Scarface was not white. Scarface was um, Latina. Scarface is white. Scarface is a white passing Latinx person. And we know the politics and Latinx communities. There are black Latinx people. And that means that there is white Latinx people. Scarface is white. But that's the early 80s. I'm talking about. But how many rappers emulate Scarface? Every movie was about that. Every rap song. Scarface is a net. That's all about coming up. Right. But then. Then you know where they got that from a lot of rappers listen it's this book i read i used to kind of didn't want to tell erica what i was reading she's like what remember when i was on my phone reading that night yeah he's like what are you reading it's this book iceberg slim i'm not even gonna say the name of the book but the name of the book is pimp and it's where a lot of rappers these novels like these urban fictional novels about pimping and shit from like the 50s and the 40s that is where a lot of rap rhetoric comes from Donald Goins, um, all of those different authors, Iceberg Slim, mm. that is where a lot of this rhetoric comes from. But their rhetoric comes from seeing white cis men, a part of the mob, a part of the mafia, even earlier than that, organized, even earlier than organized crime. Mm-hmm. You got the Rockefeller doing the Monopoly. All of that is an iteration of toxic masculinity. What's happening in Bolivia right now? All yes. of where the Bolivian, the new, the the new president of Bolivia. Is a as a, a a femme presenting person who identifies as a woman talking about I want to rid the entire country of indigenous people in Bolivia. Mm-hmm. You understand that is toxic masculinity. But it's also you know what I thought I just grabbed the African American heritage hymnal that we have in here, and I'm thinking about what we did, what we missed about Kanye West is that there is a he wants to he's he wants to capitalize Christianity, but he also wants to be seen as God. That has always Ooh, been Kanye yeah. West's connection, and that is Christianity perpetuates toxic masculinity. Absolutely. Okay, there is a literally so many stories in that Bible written and changed and ways to perpetuate this idea that femmes are literally there just as um, specimens or septicles for cis men sperm. Right. So I think, and and cis men are to be supported and loved and put on a literal pedestal, even if it is called the cross. Like we do not, maybe in Catholicism, they talk about the Virgin Mary, but they don't really talk about the Virgin Mary and, and, and like Protestant, leaning um, religions. They don't talk about her. They don't talk about Mary Magdalene. They talk about God. They talk about the disciples. They talk about Moses. All of it is men, 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 men. And now you hear people saying, where did I see a show Somebody, I think it was Housewives. <laughs> Here comes the Housewives um, oh, thing, which is incredibly it. toxic, to- toxic period. But it, a lot of toxic masculinity. If you ever, if you watch Housewives with a lens, I try to take my New lens Jersey off when I watch. Oh, Atlanta, uh-huh, but all, all of them. Of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I think Todd's. Uh, no, Candy said 
Somebody, oh, Phaedra, somebody said God is a woman. And Todd was like, what? Come on now, y'all. Like it was a total disregard of that. This imagine, forgive me, but an imagined character. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, uh, God is a real person, but the way that people talk about Some them people, is as yeah. if, is as if they are a fictional character. Mm-hmm. So, but th- uh, this person that we can imagine that people have imagined as white, mm-hmm. right? Now we are assuming their gender as well. Mm. And it's this powerful man, the man of God. You are a man mm. of God. Always. Who I didn't hear woman of God until I was like 21. Yeah. Like I it was like always man, man of God. You are a man mm. of God. And that was something to aspire. And it meant mm-hmm. more than you were religious. Mm-hmm. It meant a lot to do with how much power you have because you are a man of God. Well, look at how many mega church pastors, Joe jo yes. Austin yeah, and the TD Jakes and the yeah, damn near can't. And it's yes. looked down upon and the ones who make the big bucks, even the ones who wear Jordans and shit, these new pastors, John Gray with these Lamborghinis and accident, um congregation to help them buy private jets and shit. Them motherfuckers are mostly men yeah. are mostly cis men. So to me, that that also has that absolutely is true. And yeah. even you know, mega churches having single shit and talking about what you, what women need to do to get a man. That shit is trashy. Yeah. And these yeah, are supposed to be church people. These supposed to be church it's people. All all it's all inside of toxic masculinity. And okay. it's not of God. Re- it's not. And it's not of okay, God. Okay, read that and we're done. Is. And we're done. And we'll end with this. Um, it's a book <laughs> called The New Black Man. Maybe they need to start using, you know, cisgender because maybe that's that's who they're talking about. Yes. Um, that is something that needs to happen. Quick. Mark quick. Anthony Neal in the book, he um, quotes Bell Hooks. Feeling as though they are constantly on edge, their lives always in jeopardy. Many black men truly cannot understand that this condition of quote-unquote powerlessness does not, negate, does not negate their capacity to assert power over black femmes, I'm going to say that, in a way that is dominating and oppressive, nor does it justify and condone sexist behavior. So that's how we'll mm. end. I have a dream that you know black people will get off that shit and we'll get rid of the gender binary that's my big dream it doesn't work for us it doesn't even include us that's what i meant by backfire that's yeah, not it that toxic masculinity it backfire. doesn't include us at all people relate to black people like we don't even have a gender or that we don't even exist yeah so you if, you, if, if we don't have humanity you think we got gender right <laughs> so forget about it stop asserting your gender in ways that are harmful you don't need to do that Yep, and to all the mass people out there, if you pick up your finger to pick up your phone to start to tap in about anything to do with a femme, whether they hypersexualize or what they doing in the home or what they need to be doing for you or that they can be abusive too, and you not calling yourself out for something fuck you done said or did, something abusive or toxic you said and did, stop what you're doing now stop. and talk about yourself or talk about another nigga, talk about another mass person. I need you to do that now. Yep. That's it. Signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. And I'll have a couple of links to the bio yeah, for all different the, the things we mentioned. We have in a lot of book. sources, a lot of sources. Yes. Um, but yeah, monopolies, oligarchies, all of that is a function of toxic masculinity and white people. He won't are. ever stop talking. I just want people to be left with that. <laughs> which, well, it's, it, it, I what think did I say? The trail. Yeah. When you yeah, when you're looking for a trail of corruption, it's not a white. Look to a white person. They're not far behind it.
That's right. Look to a white person. Whenever there's a trail of corruption, there's a white person not far behind it. Love y'all. Love you. I love black people. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it together. We're coming together. <laughs> right now. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't mean it like Over that. Over me. Da-da-da. Sunny's blues. Like I'm here to do my soul. Just roll.